Welcome to the Career Ready Podcast. Learn about resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn, interviewing, and all the things you need to be career ready with the Career Services Center at College of DuPage. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Malik, and later in today's episode, I'm going to lead the conversation on how to beat applicant tracking software, or what we call ATS, when submitting your resume with job applications. And I'm your other co-host for this episode, Pierre Michaels. I'm going to start our episode today answering a question submitted by a listener. But before I do, Michelle, I want to welcome you and all our listeners to season five of our podcast. Yeah, a time flies by so fast. I can't believe we've been doing this for five semesters already. <laughs> well, well, four, and you know we've got our fifth one coming up here, but it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm excited to not only... Well, for us to not only welcome you to season five, but also to um, take a listen to your listener question. Yeah, thanks. Um, So this question was submitted to careerpodcast at cod.edu. And this question reads as many jobs, even what I think of as entry level, set minimum qualifications for a certain amount of experience. As example, at least three years of experience working in direct customer service or at least two years experience with sales. How do I get a job in the field I'm hoping to work on or work in if I don't have a way of getting the experience they are looking for? There's a lot in that question. So let's simplify it to how do I get experience if the entry level position is asking for experience? It's kind of that chicken and the egg cycle that a lot of people have recognized. Uh, And uh, this is nothing unique. Um, NACE, the same NACE that uh, we refer to often for our competencies, they did a 2023 job outlook report, and they found that 60% of employers want to see evidence of job seekers' abilities. And really the best way to be showing those abilities is through experience. So that's why a lot of employers will be asking for these experiences. So with that understanding of why employers are seeking out experience, even for entry-level position, we want to uh, really realize that this is our opportunity to show that our abilities in action um, because our abilities and the way we apply ourselves can come from a lot of different settings. And when we understand that, we start realizing that it's really about how we apply ourselves and then how we can be communicating that through our resume. And this is an important point because a lot of people will work on their resume or think that what they're presenting to an employer is only about employment experience. And it's not. It's about so many other things that we have to offer. So when we are thinking of experiences, it's really about how have we applied ourselves in different settings, not just on a job. So when applying for an entry-level position, seeking experience, it doesn't necessarily mean we need experience directly in that field. It just means that we need experience or opportunities to show to that employer that we've applied these related skill sets that they're valuing. To get involved as a student is a great way to gain experiences, and that come can come through a lot of different 
opportunities. Uh, we promote internships a lot here on the podcast through our office. It could just be those traditional entry-level positions that you're doing to help pay for school, but it doesn't have to be that formal employment. It can be through different ways you're involved as a student in the community. Maybe it's volunteering, it's a student club, it's hands-on projects you're doing in the classroom. Experiences are just those opportunities where we get to apply ourselves. And employers want to see the evidence of that application. So we want to be talking about any experience we have to reflect those skill sets that they desire. To summarize, experiences are not limited to employment opportunities. Experiences are the different ways we get involved and apply ourselves. To get involved and apply abilities in multiple ways early on as a student makes it easier to seek opportunities in the future. Getting involved expands the way to show employers the evidence of our abilities. As a final note, all these experiences or evidence of our abilities in action can be included on the resume, but even with the inclusion of the experience, there are many other factors to think about when working on your resume. So with that in mind, I'd like to hand it off to Michelle to talk more about the resume and the application process. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about the question that you answered. I think when we are seeing students and clients, that's the thing that is overlooked, right? They don't know that they can put their academic experiences on their um, their volunteer opportunities, so they kind of get stuck. But that's a really good point. You can put a lot of different things on your resume. Yeah, there's so many times when someone comes in with a resume and it's got like one experience, it's mm -hmm. half a page, and it's like, well, there's not much here. What else have you done? Just getting them to brainstorm and realize that, oh, I've done these other things. And then they need that, they're, reassurance that it's mm -hmm. okay to talk about that. Right. Um, but that's something so important for the resume. And as we move forward and we think of these entry-level opportunities needing experience, get that experience. It may not be a formal employment, but you're doing it in some way if you're getting involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you to our listener who submitted that question. And as Pierre mentioned, I am going to be talking about the resume and the application process. So I wanted to kind of start off with the question. So has anyone ever submitted a job application and gotten an instant rejection? Have you, Pierre? Well, <laughs> I don't know about an instant rejection, but there's been times when I've applied and it hasn't moved forward. Right. Yeah. So that's also happened to me, too. And that can happen due to what we call applicant tracking software or ATS. Um, that might be a new term for some of you. So for those of you who are new to this term, let me explain once you submit your job application online, applicant tracking software is basically a computer system that most companies use to scan your resume. So the system will look for keywords in your resume that match the job description, but it's also going to look for formatting issues. The system is created to help hiring managers find the best matches for their current job or internship postings without having to go through hundreds or even thousands of applications. That would just be impossible. So today we're going to be diving into a few tips that will help you beat the ATS and give you a greater chance of having your resume seen by a hiring manager. 
So the first topic I wanted to talk about today is how to actually format your resume to beat that ATS. So the first tip we have for you is to use simple and easy to read fonts like Arial, Times New Roman, Calibri. Um, also avoid italics when you can. The ATS doesn't like that. Um, and include black font in your resume rather than colors. So having bright colors in your resume may be really fun, but I promise you the ATS will notice that. Yeah, and just as a quick note, some of these things may sound silly right. uh, <laughs> as you go through this, Michelle, uh, but ATSs are silly. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but there's also at a lot of different levels, they've been around for a long time. A lot of people will think of ATS kind of related to AI and AI has been around for a long time, mm -hmm. but it's been very primitive. Uh, so depending on what that employer is using, you know, it's always important to have this conversation because they may have an old model. They may have something that doesn't like italics for whatever weird reason. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that you're writing your resume to appeal to any ATS at the bare minimum, because some of ATS, this won't even be a factor, right? They're the top of the line, the best, but you don't want to risk the chance of the ATS eliminating you. So thanks for going through these. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad I could touch on that. Like you said, it seems very simple, but like you said, we don't know what ATS's companies are using, so they could be older. So going along with that information, we also suggest avoiding tables, um, boxes, images, symbols, things like that in your resume. Um, what I've commonly seen, too, is I don't know if you've seen this, Pierre, as well, but um, next to emails and phone numbers, there will be like a fancy phone icon or <laughs> or an email icon. So I know it's tempting to add bells and whistles to your resume, but since a computer system is essentially scanning it, you really want to make it easy to read to avoid getting removed from the application process. Yeah, that image may be flagged as unreadable or you know something, even if it is programmed with the alternate text mm -hmm. that would let it be readable in a normal screen reader process for an ATS, that may not be the case. And that could be some silly reason why you don't advance. And I don't want that to be the reason why my resume isn't advancing. Exactly. We want you to get through to the application process. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about um, something real quick with that. So I know here we're talking about don't really stylize your resume, but um, if you're going to a career fair or submitting your resume in person, it is okay to stylize it somewhat um, because it is being seen by a person. So for example, if you work in an art industry, you can have two resumes. So one resume you can bring to an interview with you. This might be more stylized. It demonstrates your artistic abilities, but then also have a separate resume you can submit with your application, which the ATS will read. So I just wanted to throw that tip in there. Yeah, I think it's good to have those two, you know, especially when you're in those creative fields, you want to have that resume that reflects your abilities and your design but always pair it up with an ATS. And I know you mentioned a career fair, but something to be aware of is sometimes employers will collect resumes at a career fair and then they will scan it into an ATS. So that could, depending on how it's formatted, not transfer well. So always pair a design resume with an ATS-friendly resume. 
That's a great tip. I had no idea they had that ability. <laughs> That's where the italics really comes into play because when it's scanning in the italics, eh, that could throw it off a lot more than just a normal reader going through it. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. The other tip that we want to share with you is don't include your name in the header of your resume because the ATS may skip headers, which essentially means it's going to skip over your name. Um, so instead, we say to place it directly on the document. Also, type your name onto the document instead of creating a fancy graphic for it because that would be considered an image. Also, if you've earned a certification or designation, maybe PhD, for example, we suggest to include this in your professional summary and your education section because adding that designation after your name might confuse the system. The system might think that's a part of your name. Um, but again, if you are turning your resume into a person, you do have the option of leaving that designation right after your name because a person is looking at it. Going off of that point, um, we also suggest to use common headings in your resume because the ATS is looking for those. So some examples of common headings are work experience, education, internship experience, related experience, customer service experience, the list goes on and on. But ATS is going to be looking for those common headings. Yes, thinking of those common headers and being aware of how we're presenting our name is really important because we have to remember, as you said earlier, the ATS is just reading through this so a person doesn't have to look at it. So if you are presenting it in a way that that ATS is not familiar with, maybe it's adding a P PhD or some other credential to the end of your name, the system doesn't always recognize that and just mm -hmm. groups it together, throws off the filing system, whatever it may be. Or if you're using a non-traditional header to make it stand out or really pop just in the language itself, well, the ATS may not realize that. And all of a sudden, its classification and how it's sorting through that information is thrown off. So keep your resume simple. Mm-hmm. Yep, it all goes back to that simplicity. The next tip we have for you is don't try to cheat the system. Um, so sometimes people have tried to take the keywords from a job description and then hide them in their resume using white font. Please don't do that. <laughs> the ATS can identify this and you can run the risk of getting yourself kicked out of an application or it can be caught by HR. So just avoid that. Yeah, you know, that trick has been around for a while and Sometimes that ATS may advance you, but then once someone actually looks at your resume, they'll be like, why did this person advance? <laughs> and then if they notice you trying to cheat the system, now, like now you're black flagged completely. Right. Or maybe it is that the ATS just rates you really high. Um, and, you know, th there's a lot of different factors. Basically, it comes down to you are now lying in some way mm -hmm. and the effort it takes to cheat the system. Direct that towards personalizing your resume, your application, and you'll just be better off for that. Yeah. And we talk about making a strong professional impression. You don't want that to be your first impression when you are getting a job interview. 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the last tip I have for formatting is we do tend to suggest avoiding the use of templates. So these can be really hard to edit over time, and quite frequently they do include those formatting issues, which we know now that the ATS is looking for. Um, so when you can, just try to type your information into a Word document. Yeah, it's so tempting. There's so many templates out there, which is a little weird given what we know about them and right. how incompatible they are with the ATS. Mm -hmm. So if you're using a template or if a template helps you organize your thoughts as you're getting started, go ahead and use it as that first step. Mm -hmm. But make sure whatever your final resume is going to be, it's just a simple document. As Michelle was saying, we always recommend that you just start off on a Word file, a Google Docs, a Pages, whatever you're using and keep it very simple in the presentation. Yeah, I do like that idea, though, using a template as a brainstorming tool, but then, like you said, transferring it over to a Word document. Perfect. So the next topic we'll talk about and the last topic is um, the job description. So since ATS is scanning your resume for keywords that match the job or internship description, it is suggested that you customize your resume to each job posting. I feel like we've said this <laughs> throughout all of our episodes. And we'll probably say it a <laughs> lot more because it's a really important step. Yeah. So if you do have a generic resume, the ATS is going to know. It is all knowing. <laughs> um, so customizing your resume for similar roles is also important because every job description and company is going to have different qualities or skills that they desire from their candidates. Um, so for example, one company, they may really emphasize strong customer service skills. Another company may value problem solving instead. So I wanted to share an example. Say an employer mentions collaboration as an important skill. You could start your bullet point with something like this. Collaborate with a team of 50 employees. So right there, we're using the keyword collaborate, which the ATS will pick up on. I'm not going to get too much into how to create an impactful resume or bullet points because we'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, so keep listening to season five. Um, the next thing I wanted to share too is if a job description lists specific programs or software, be sure to include that in your resume too, because an ATS is going to be looking again for those keywords. So you can add that information into a skills section. You can include it in a professional summary and or your bullet point statements. Yeah, so I just want to share some really practical ways to write a resume better for the ATS and keeping it in line with that job description. The method I like to do, and it's going to sound a little old school, you could digitify it if you want to, but print off that job description and read through it and take a highlighter to it and highlight everything in that job description that describes your background in some way, it could be directly or indirectly. But what you're doing is looking at that job description, you're identifying the language of the employer, and then you compare that to your resume. Mm -hmm. Where is that represented? If it's, go ahead and cross off that highlighted part because you know it's on your resume. If it's there, but it's got the wrong language, I like to say you massage your resume to <laughs> get it to fit into that terminology of that employer. And now you could cross that off. Or if it's highlighted and it's nowhere on your resume, well, you highlight it because it matches up to your background. So now you're going to add it to your resume because you know that's something that employer values. And you keep going through that process until everything that's highlighted is now crossed off in that job description. Now you have written your resume to best align to the expectations of that employer as outlined in their job description. 
So this is just a great method, a very simple way to take what that employer is looking for and make sure that you're representing what you can offer on your resume. I love that tip, too, because I think a lot of the time students and clients will come into our office and say, well, how do I customize it? Right. So that's a really concrete example of how you can do that. Keeps it really organized. So, yeah, you know, we uh, haven't really mentioned this concept of keywords as we're talking about ATSs and a lot of people relate the keywords to the ATS. And I hate it when people say, what are the keywords? Because there's no one set of keywords. The employer dictates what the ATS Mm -hmm. is looking for. So to go through that method, to go through the job description, to identify the language of the employer is the best way for you to identify the keywords for that moment, for that opportunity. Yeah, that's super useful. Um, Well... We hope that you found the information about applicant tracking software helpful, and we hope it brings you just one step closer to getting your resume in front of a hiring manager. Well, Michelle, thank you for taking us through that. There's so much to think about with the ATS, and I think you outlined a lot there. So thank you again, and thank you to our listeners for joining this conversation, taking it in. I hope you feel better as you move forward writing your resume and advancing past the ATS system. And as a reminder, we did have a listener question answered earlier in today's episode. And if you have a question that you want answered, you can submit that to careerpodcast at cod.edu. And as we end here, I'd encourage you to listen to our next episode when we will focus in on career path of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship.